0: We uh, head into a new year. I thought it would be uh, fitting to talk a little bit about sort of uh, where are we going this year? What's happening in the life of PVC in 2017? <coughs> Sorry about that. So I uh, I'm going to share a little bit about our direction for the year first and then from there a little get, get actually get into some of that direction a little bit this morning um, but but really there's one theme and three parts of that theme that i I felt or I feel from the lord that we need to focus our attention on this year so I'll uh, community is is the theme and the three parts of it are listed there first is loving our community and as you guys are aware and have been aware we we've been talking about and and actually getting active in community outreach over the last several months our tagline our motto is blessed to be a blessing and we really believe that our job as the church is to share the love of jesus with other people that we don't exist for ourselves Uh, we exist to share who god is and what he's about with our friends and our neighbors and so We will continue to focus on that. We'll continue to teach about it, and we'll continue to do it. Tammy mentioned this morning, coming up in just a few weeks, there will be an outreach opportunity. And this is really just uh, a person in need in our community. It's a single gal who doesn't have the ability to really uh, take care of uh, everything related to you know, repair and stuff around her home. So we're going to help her out with that a little bit. And throughout the year... Uh, on a fairly regular basis, we're going to do our very best to do at least one project a month for somebody or some in our community to, to really just reach out and share God's love. Um, also, I, I mentioned it in February, uh, it's midweek, and the reason it's midweek is because of his schedule. But a gentleman named Scott McNamara is going to come and share with us. Scott is the evangelist, sort of the resident evangelist at Causeway Coast Vineyard in Northern Ireland, and uh, Scott has led 2,000 people to Christ, over 2,000 people to Christ in the last couple years himself, and just has a tremendous heart for evangelism, so he's going to be here, I think it's a Wednesday night, we'll get the date to you, but just share a little bit with us and pray for us and, and, and stir that up a little bit. I would encourage you guys in this, I, uh, John Wimber used to talk about the church gathered and the church scattered, and I would encourage you as as we scatter, as we're not together and not you know in an organized fashion, to be be mindful and prayerful to share your faith and share your love and look for opportunities uh, to, to just let people know about Jesus around you and in, and in any any place in any time in any way you can. So loving our community will be one of the th- three things that we really focus on this year. The second thing is building this community. As much as we do want to focus on loving others. I think we need something to be able to invite uh, them into, and there's, there's a, a growth and a depth in our relationship. Uh, there's a sense of belonging that's really vital to discipleship. Uh, obviously, Christianity isn't about just praying a prayer and getting saved, and then you can you know, you, your punch card to heaven is, is full. There's really so much more than that. So this year we're going to focus also on building this community. And one of the primary ways we will do that is through small groups. Um, Kevin McVicker is going, is giving currently leadership and oversight to uh, kind of our small group system. And Kevin will be sharing with us in a couple of weeks about community and about small groups. But, uh, as time goes on, we'll, we'll revisit that issue again and again, and we'll be launching more groups throughout the year uh, and more ways to just build community and get together. And, you know, small groups are a primary vehicle for that, but they're not the only vehicle for that. There's other ways you can build community as well, and we mentioned one this morning. I love this idea, community lunch. So just once a month after service, whoever wants can go out to lunch together. Uh, if you've never been to Sanchez, you should. Uh, it's a great little restaurant, and it's fun because it's, it's big and wide open. The kids can run around, and it's not, you know, super formal or restrained. It's very inexpensive, and who doesn't like tacos? I mean, really, come on, seriously. Um, so uh, loving our community, building this community. And, and, again, I would encourage you there, again, informal gatherings. Take time out. Get together. Hang out. Some of you do that a lot. Some of you don't do it as much. But just spend time with one another. You know, just, just uh, get to know each other a little, little more than you do today. Third thing is this, is uh, learning to be community. So this really deals with, uh, it's about re- relating to one another in a healthy way. Um, there, there, there is, it's interesting. There, there is a lot written in Scripture about this. Have you ever noticed all those one another verses? You know, anybody ever done that little study on that? There's dozens and dozens of them, uh, primarily in Paul's epistles, but throughout the New Testament, just ways that we react and respond to one another, how we treat one another. Um, as kingdom people, you know, there, there are some dynamics in how we relate to one another that are a little bit different than maybe what we're accustomed to in the world around us, whether that's at, at you know, in business or just in, in society in general, sometimes uh, our responses to one another are, are kind of one way. But in, in the kingdom, they're, they're they're different than that. And in order to learn to re- relate in a healthy manner to one another requires some commitment on our part. Uh, it, it requires commitment to a number of things, really. One is commitment to grow. Got to be willing to, to say, you know, I want to grow in my life. I want, to, I want to move on in my relationship with Jesus. Uh, I'm not content where I am today. Uh, none of us are there. None of us have arrived. Nobody has it all worked out yet. We've got to say, I, I, I want to make the effort that's required in my own life to continue to grow. And to do that, frankly, requires humility. Because it means I've got to take a look at myself and say, hey, here's some things that maybe I can work on. Here, here are some things in my life that I know I need to grow in, and we've got to be willing to do that, and, and that requires a commitment to sacrifice. Uh, that might mean that I, I have to do things differently than I've done before. I have to give some things up in order to move myself forward in that relationship, and it also requires a commitment to intentionality. Uh, the truth is this. Uh, it's not going to just happen. We don't, we don't grow up in Christ just spontaneously. I mean, you can pray. And you can ask the Holy Spirit to fill you, but you know what? Uh, the way it works is this. God requires some effort on our part. We, we have to cooperate with him. Yes, he'll bless us in that process, but it requires some intentionality on our part to say, I'm, I'm going to commit to the process and do this myself. So what I want to take a look at for just a few minutes today is the topic of communication, which is the key to community. Um. If you want to have a healthy relationship, in any any relationship in life, whether it's in your marriage, friendships, or as brothers and sisters in the body of Christ, uh, it requires communication. Right? You've got to be able to communicate with one another, or you really have no basis to move forward. So let's let's pray, and then we'll we'll look at this for a few minutes today. and And this is really just introduction. We'll we'll talk more about these things throughout the course of the year. But I wanted to kind of just uh, get the ball rolling today, so Lord, would you just open our hearts to receive from you this morning? Would you uh, give us the desire to move on in you to move forward in you to grow deeper in you and to be uh, to learn to be community to learn to really learn to uh, respect and respond to one another in in ways that would glorify and honor you amen so communication is uh, fairly important to god it 's uh I say that because there, there are a lot of passages in Scripture dealing with communication. If you, if you d- did some word search studies on uh, speech and, and, and talking and those sorts of things, you'd find any number of passages. And if you did the same thing on listening and hearing, you would also find any number of passages. Uh, it's, it's an important topic. Uh, it's vital to our growth. Proverbs says, The tongue has the power of life and death. Wow. Now, I suppose there are those occasions in life, I don't know if, if you're an a evil dictator, where your words really do have the ability to bring actual physical life and death to someone. But I, I would say this, that every day, every one of us has the opportunity to bring life or death metaphorically to other people by the things that we say. We can, you've heard the phrase, you know, you can assassinate someone's character. You say things about them or to them that are painful and hurt. We we can cause death. We can tear people down. We can speak death, really, uh, over people in any number of ways. That childhood adage, the little nursery rhyme, sticks and stones may break my bones, but words will never hurt me. That's just a lie. Whoever made that up was stupid. Um, That's a lie. That's not true. Words can be profoundly hurtful and impact people's lives uh, for years and decades, and sometimes things that are spoken over a person or into a person or to a person can impact their life for the rest of their life. Um, But conversely, and here's the upside. The upside is we can also speak life has the power of life and death. We can speak encouragement and vision and hope into people. We can build up people. You can actually, you know, sometimes we're the last, in our own life we don't see things, sometimes good things, that other people see, right? You ever notice that? And you have the ability when you see something in someone else to speak that and call it out and say, hey, here's something I see in you that I really think is, Profound and, and is beautiful and it's precious and is it's wonderful, you know. And maybe they've never seen that, but I tell you there's that's life giving. You can speak words of life into a person's heart in such a way that I, I, I think in the same way that words can be death to a person over the course of their life, we can speak life into a person that can carry them into a whole nother dimension of what God has for them. Um it's a powerful thing, it really is, to be able to do that. I, I I've seen that happen where you could just speak life into somebody and that just projects them into another realm of what God has for their life. Communication comes from the word the word communication comes from the Latin word communicare, which means literally Something in common or something to share, right? It's something in common, so that's why we talk about a communion. We took communion this morning. It's a sharing in the Lord's Supper together. Or the word community is really sharing together. What is community? It's 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 commonality. It's something to share and communication is something in common. So what that means is this, and here's here's the challenge: is that The person speaking and the person hearing have a common meaning. Sometimes they don't. Anybody? Sometimes they don't have a common meaning. Um, We'll we'll look at that a little bit more as we go. But, uh, you, you know, just illustration, common meaning. I mean, this happens even when we speak the same language. But have you ever had that experience of trying to communicate with somebody in a foreign language? They don't speak your language. You don't speak theirs. And it just gets... It's so frustrating. It's so frustrating. I found it's hilarious to me. We go to Nicaragua, and sometimes somebody that's new, maybe never traveled before, and they think if they speak more slowly and loudly that people will understand them. I'm like no that's not gonna work the language is still different I don't think you're I don't think you're you're getting this here that that's not gonna help you um, but sometimes that same sort of dynamic happens if you ever had that where you're speaking the same language but what you're saying and what they're hearing are two different things and you're just not connecting so community community is based on relationship and relationship is founded on communication so they all kinda of go hand in hand our God is a relational God, right? That's why we're here. You got that? That's why we're here. God created us to relate to Him. That's what we're for. Our purpose is to commune with God. That's why we're here. God wants relationship with you and I, and our God is a communicative God. Did you know that? How many of you pray? How many of you believe in prayer? Well, if you believe in prayer, you, you, your, your, your basis for that is that God actually hears you, right? Right? God listens, he cares god 's paying attention he 's listening, he hears, and he cares if you't if, you if that 's not happening then there's it 's a waste of time to pray we we, we we base really everything in our faith so much on the reality that god is is hearing God is listening to me, and conversely that God will speak back right god 'll talk to us god' will speak to us um, i here I love this I think this is so true this is like key verse in the world. God does speak now one way, now another, then no one perceives it. I just think sometimes people say, well, God never speaks to me. And I go, well, maybe you don't listen. You know, I just, it's, it's like God's speaking one way and another. He's speaking all the time, all into our lives and, and we don't get it. But, but here's the thing. Even as we don't always perceive and hear from the Lord when He's speaking to us, sometimes in the same way, we don't always perceive and hear what other people are saying in our lives as well. Um, so, you know, I mean, as important as good communication is, let's be honest, it's not easy. It's not easy. Um, oftentimes what we mean to say or the meaning that we're trying to convey to someone is not heard. So their ears hear the words we're speaking, but the meaning is lost. You ever had that experience where you're saying one thing, but it's coming out differently? I, you, you. I shouldn't use this example. Dumb and Dumber. You remember Dumb and Dumber and, and Jim Carrey's talking to that pretty girl, and he, he goes, so do I have a chance with a, with you? And she goes, well, you know, a guy like you having a chance with a girl like me, that's like one in a million. And he goes, so you're saying I got a chance. I mean, that's not what she was saying. But anyway, I, nobody's ever seen Dumb and Dumber. Look, I know you have. Raise your hand if you've ever seen Dumb and Dumber. Okay, good. I'm glad. This guy's come do that to me. Uh, we've all had that experience, and probably at some time in our life, we've been on both sides of that experience, where, where somebody was saying something to us, and we weren't getting it. We weren't hearing them. And then maybe you've had that frustrating experience of trying to communicate something to someone else, and they weren't hearing you. Um, further complicating, I think, good communication is the fact that uh, different words or, or the same words sometimes means different things to different people. Have you ever noticed that? Uh, Words have different connotations based on your own history and your own experience. For example, in our life today, currently, going into 2017, uh, the word police means different things to different people. Historically, traditionally, when you talk about the police, that was... those were good people. They were they were to serve and protect. They're here to help you. But today, there there are many people who, when they, you say the word police to them, they would think of a negative thing. Like they you know this is bad. They they, they they might be out to get me. They might be out to hurt me. And there's some different connotations to that. One that uh, is maybe more applicable in our situation is the word religious. Again, traditionally, to be religious was a good thing. It meant that you were devout, that you were pious, that you that you cared about relationship with God. Uh, but but today, what religious has come to mean, if somebody's religious, that usually means that they're critical and they're judgmental and, and they're dogmatic towards. So, so when we say that person's religious, we usually mean that negatively, not positively. So those words kind of change meanings and have different meanings to different people at different times. Um, it's, it's hard, it's hard to communicate well. And it's not just words, okay? So words have different meanings, but there's, we all know this, right? There's so much more to communication than just words, right? Body language, nuance, gestures, eye contact, all those things. Uh, your tone, you know, that, that's why, I mean, everybody says, you know, email or text message. You never know what's really being said here. Is this funny? Is this a joke or is this serious? I don't know because I can't, there's no tone. There's nothing behind it that I can really look into, um, So it really is, it's a challenge to communicate well. What we talked about earlier, it really does require a commitment to communicate well. Most of us, and here's, I think, something else that kind of further complicates the whole thing. Most of us typically try to avoid conflict. We don't like conflict. So so we just, we don't want to do it. So very often we'll choose to only communicate with people that we know are going to agree with us, right? Birds of a feather flock together, right? So I'm going to talk to people that I know are on my side. They're going to communicate with me because it'll avoid conflict. I don't want to talk to the other people that have a different perspective and a different opinion than me because it's, it's just not, I don't want to do that. It's too much, it's too, too much conflict. Um, and that's really how we end up in the situation our country is in today. We're so polarized and we're so fragmented over so many issues because we won't sit down and talk to people that have a different perspective than us. It's amazing. It's amazing how fragmented and how polarized we become because we refuse to talk at an intelligent level. Here's the challenge. This this is the deal, though. Sorry. Sorry. The body of Christ is supposed to be inclusive, not exclusive. We have to be willing to communicate with welcome in and hang out with and talk to people that have different perspectives than us that that's that's the thing we we can't make that choice in this setting we can't say i'm only going to talk to i'm only going to hang out with people that are like me because in the body of christ we, we we have to welcome people that have different perspectives than we do. Did you know you could be liberal or conservative and be a Christian? Some of you didn't know that, did you? You can. You can. At least Never mind. Uh let's I'm gonna, I want to I'm going to do a, what a couple Little principles for communication, okay? And we're going to uh, we're going to look to our old friend James this morning. And in James chapter one, he says, "My dear brothers and sisters, take note of this. Everyone should be quick to listen. Who should be quick to listen? Just checking. Everyone should be quick to listen. Slow to speak and slow to become angry. So let me just say this." When James says, my dear brothers and sisters, take note of this, what is he saying there? Pay attention. Listen up. This is important. Um, And then he says, be quick to listen. Uh, Did you know that in Scripture, listening always takes higher priority than speaking? Check me out on that. look, Look it up. Check it out. Look at the different verses on communication, different passages. Listening always takes a higher priority than speaking. So when we say, be quick to listen, I I want to, I'm going to say this, and I I, I don't, I don't mean to be uh, offensive to anyone, but I'm going to say this anyway. That's not just good advice, that's biblical advice. We have an amazing ability to ascribe more value to some scripture than others anybody know what I'm talking about when, when you know there are certain passages that deal with let's just say for example sexual immorality so if a person's living an immoral life or if they're uh, maybe someone's practicing homosexuality, something like that, we're going to say, oh, bad, boo, they're, they're not following Scripture, they're not following Scripture, and we're going to make a big deal out of that. But what about this Scripture, if someone's not being quick to listen? Are we going to treat that in the same exact way? Probably not. James says, dear brothers and sisters, listen up, pay attention, you need to be quick to listen. Stephen Covey, uh, S- Seven Habits of Highly Effective People, probably some of you have read that. This is what he says, Communication is the most important skill in life. Is that good? We spend most of our waking hours communicating, but consider this. You spent years learning to read and write, years learning how to speak, but what about listening? What training or education have you had that enables you to listen, and this is the key, so that you really deeply understand another human being from that individual's own frame of reference? That is so important to be able to hear from their frame of reference. This is why listening is hard. It's complex. Are they saying what you're hearing or not? Listening really is, it really is an act of love. It really is. This is, um, Douglas Steer is a Quaker author. I, I like Quaker authors, by the way. Just thought I'd throw that out there. To listen to another soul may be almost the greatest service that any human being ever performs for another. Not just to listen to their words, but to actually hear their, hear their heart, hear their, sco- their soul. It really, it really does require a significant effort to do that. So here's some tips on listening. Be quick to listen. Withhold your response until you're sure of what is being said. Withhold your response until you're being sure of what is being said. Can I say this? Um, the goal is not to be right. The goal is not to win. The goal is not to make your point. The goal is to hear what somebody else is saying for good communication. Okay. <coughs> the opposite of doing this, just thought, I'm going to throw this out there. The opposite of doing this is formulating your response in your head while they're still talking. Can I say right now, if you're doing that, you're not listening? If you're formulating your response, what I'm going to say as soon as they're done, you're not listening. Um, so with that, listen to understand, not to reply. Listen to understand, not to reply. Um, you, you've heard of active listening? Active listening. Um, active listening is this concept of actually feeding back to the person what they said. So hey, if I if I'm hearing you, this is what you're saying, right? So it's sort of a response. And here's the thing about that, it's called active listening for a reason. Because it, it it's active. It requires action. It takes some effort on our part to do that. Uh, I think whether you do that or not, it's vital to give the person speaking Some cue, some some way of knowing that you're actually understanding them, whether you you eye contact, you nod your head, uh, you just say, oh, okay, I get it, I hear you, to let them know that you're hearing them. Or ask questions. Sometimes it's good to ask questions. Hey, is this what you're saying? Is that what you mean? Uh, Let me me make sure I'm understanding correctly. Uh, So we want to withhold your response until you're sure of what is being said. Listen to understand, not to reply. And then back to what Stephen Covey said again, listen beyond words for the heart of what's being said. We've all had that experience where you struggle trying to say something. There's something in your heart, something you want to say to someone, but you, you, you have a hard time putting words to it, so you're doing your best trying to get it out there, but I really think that if you listen to the heart of a person, you can hear what they're saying even if they're struggling to get that out. It requires us to empathize. It requires us to really put ourselves in their shoes and, and, and really try to hear the perspective that they're coming from and bringing it to us. Uh, look, this can be challenging, especially if you don't like their perspective. Okay? And, so, and, and that's 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 usually the case. If you don't like their perspective... It's hard to put yourself into their shoes and, and really see their perspective. But can I say this? That hearing them and doing that does not necessarily mean that you have to agree with them, okay? You you don't have to agree to be able to say, okay, I understand where they're coming from, all right? I, I think that's huge to be able to say, I, I, know, I, I know what... Their perspective isn't where they're coming from. Even though I, I mean, I may radically disagree with that, I can at least understand it. And that's a that's a profound and powerful and difficult thing to do. All right, let's talk about uh, being slow to speak for just a minute or two. There's a uh, a lot of scripture on being slow to speak. A couple that I like are these. Those who guard their mouths and their tongues keep themselves from calamity. Isn't that true? You ever done that where you say something and it's it's just out of your mouth and you go ah 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 ah, but you can't get it back. But you can avoid that if you guard your mouth and your tongue. Um, my kids, when they were little, were all required to memorize this verse. Set a guard over my mouth, Lord. Keep watch over the door of my lips. That's a prayer. Did you know that? I was thinking about it this morning, early. What if we just wrote that verse down and prayed it every day? What would change in your life if you just prayed that verse every day? Lord, would you set a guard over my mouth and keep watch over the door of my lips today? I don't know. It might be worth a try. Um, Of course... While we are to be slow to speak, <laughs> that doesn't mean that we don't speak. There is a time and a place for us to share uh, our thoughts and our perspective and to, and to speak into situations. Uh, communication would be incomplete without that. It, it, it's a two-way street. It requires both. So a couple principles on uh, being slow to speak. First thing, do everything in love. Do everything in love. First Corinthians sixteen fourteen. do everything in love. Um, we 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 can be careful how we say something. We don't have to speak harshly. Uh, do, do you know that to exercise love really is this? This is what it comes down to, is to ascribe worth to the other person. So even if I radically disagree with this person, can I see them as someone who Jesus died for? Can I see them as a person that Jesus loves? Can I see them as someone who Jesus says is of inestimable value. This person is just as valuable as a human being as I am, even though we have different perspectives. If, if I can see them that way, it will allow me to hear them differently and to speak to them differently. Um, they're worth every bit as much as me. Second thing is speak the truth in love. That's Ephesians 4.15. Instead, speaking the truth in love, we will grow to become in every respect the mature body of him who is the head—that is Christ. Uh, this verse drives me crazy. It really does. I, I, two reasons. One is it's incredibly hard to do. On one side, it's just—it's—it's—it's hard, it, it's, it's hard to be able to speak the truth in love. But the other thing that drives me crazy about it is this. And I'll, I'm just again pulling out all the stops today. But sometimes people use this verse. As sort of license to shred somebody, and you know you, you, they just then you, you go, dude, what was that about? It's speaking the truth in love, brother. And I'm like, I don't know. That might have been true, but I don't think that was love. Um, they just use it. It's just it's as license just to say whatever, you know. And I just think that's probably not what he means. I, I'm guessing. I don't know. Um, focus on the in love part. Focus on the part. Uh, it, 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 it. That doesn't mean that they may not have something they need to work on. That doesn't necessarily mean there may not, uh, y- you know, be some confrontation that's necessary. But I think that can be done in a way that's loving and compassionate, and and not just, uh, you know, brutalize somebody with our words. Consider others first. This is. I think, huge. This is the follow-up to that verse. Uh, Just a few verses later in Ephesians 4, Paul says, Do not let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouths. Now, check this out. But what is helpful for building others up according to their needs that it may benefit those who listen? Where's the emphasis there? Helpful for building others up according to their needs to the benefit of those who listen. All of the emphasis is on the other person. You put them first. You put them first. Um, so communication is not only an act of love, but it really is a sacrificial act of love. We, we have to be willing to, to put the other person ahead of ourselves. If we don't do that, what we can do is we allow our words to become weapons. And I don't think our words are ever intended to be weapons. Um, one last proverb, and we'll, we'll wrap up. Uh, gentle answer turns away wrath. A harsh word stirs up anger. So again, this is an introduction. We will come back to this again. We'll talk more about it. I thought it would be good to kind of launch into the, this three different dynamics of community, loving our community, building this community, and learning to be community this year. I want to say this in closing, though, that spiritual warfare plays a part in all communication, and we have to keep that in mind. Regardless of our best intentions, we still have an enemy who works overtime to try to tear things apart. So even when we endeavor to do the right thing, spiritual warfare can play into that. There's, there, there is an enemy, and that's not an excuse, but it's a reality that we need to be conscious of. And my point is simply this, to approach all communication prayerfully you know, and in the Spirit of the Lord because... If we don't, the enemy will use every opportunity to tear down rather than build up. And so I just, I just want to close with that. Why don't we go ahead and stand?